Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Early Speed Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. Um, we threw in this episode, and I, I'll probably name this uh, episode, Scott, a, a love letter to Saratoga. I'm going to ask you about <laughs> Saratoga, but I, I think that I think you would agree that might even be a proper way to put it. But before, um, Scott, we dig into that, um, I don't, I'm usually the technical guy. I don't know if you want to call me that with the, the podcast, but the, the website we use changed all music. So like I can't use, I've tried to be consistent with that. So I've got to throw in some other transitions, which I know Scott. But we do always start our episodes with what Beastie Boy song should we have intro to? And I'll uh, I'll give you mine first, Scott, and then I'll let you give yours. Um, I, I dug back a little here, Scott. Uh, if you remember, there's a song called Posse in Effect. And I, I really like the beat to that song. And it kind of just gave me the vibe at Saratoga. So that's that's right, uh, right. that's that's why I chose Posse in Effect. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, and you know, as I thought about my beastie song, I, I kind of went to your theme of, uh, Saratoga love letter and how I felt, you know, leaving, you know, leaving upstate New York that weekend kind of felt like I had a new style. So I went with, uh, beastie boys, new style for the, uh, for the Travers, uh, prep uh special episode of uh, ESP. Yeah, so this episode we have a special guest Saratoga who uh, he writes for the racing dudes and does a vlog at Saratoga. Scott and I're going to talk a little bit here about Saratoga and then we're going to do our Travers preview. Well, Scott, I'll ask you first. Uh we just got back. We went to the tr- the tr- we went to Saratoga on Jim Dandy weekend. Uh, that was what three weeks ago um tell me what you thought of the trip uh it was well i had high expectations and it exceeded every one of my expectations is is the best way to put it and you know at at the end of the day that the best part about it was how the entire town just embraced saratoga racetrack you know the the fact that it's you know, it, it was during the meet and, you know, the track was open and they had so many visitors. The, the, every place we went were ecstatic to have us there. Um, they were super friendly and, you know, our experience, you know, at the track was, was awesome. It was, it was just a blast. I, I can't talk highly enough about it. So I, I would echo. You know, from a funny standpoint, I think um, we, we went with three other guys. So shout out to Kevin, uh, Jim and, and Toe. Shout out. But uh, I think the funny thing is we have so many stories that we'll have forever that some of I don't think we need to talk about. Um, but it, we, we, we had a great time. Um, you know, I thought about this. And I'm going to ask you this, too. But I, I tried to as I'm describing it to people. It, it's actually hard because I never in my wildest dreams thought I would come back and be like, that's the best vibe of racetrack because this wasn't like their Jim Danny's a big weekend, but it's not like their biggest weekend. Obviously Travers is, um, it reminded me Scott of Keeneland 
UK football when there's a visiting team in town because there is like that football fans they circle that on their calendar if they have an away game in Lexington and Keeneland's open it's like people tell them like you gotta when you see other fans at Keeneland at the racetrack loving it and I kind of got that vibe you know I kind of a dumb story when we were leaving um, we, you know, and you can take a cooler beer, in which I absolutely loved, but we ran out of. I purchased a beer from you because they had a lot of beer left over. The nicest, no, oh, you all need to come over here. And I mean, I, I, they just kept giving us beers. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It's like you said, I, I'll be honest, I don't remember many bad interactions that we had with people besides not having jalapeno poppers at, at the bowling alley. But that's another story in <laughs> itself, Scott. Yeah. And at the, and at the betting windows, that wasn't the best interactions in terms of the horses we selected. Well, but, um, but yeah, so, but kind of to your point, I mean, when, when I was talking about it, it was similar. I said, you know, it's, it, I said, it has the, the beauty of Keeneland, but it's like twice as big. And it had the vibe of midweek of Derby week at Churchill Downs, you know, just, just kind of the, you know, everybody's excited and there's a certain buzz, but it, but it wasn't Travers week. It was just a Friday and Saturday in the, you know, at the end of July, you know? And so it's, um, it, I, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about it. It was, it was super fun. I can't wait to go back. Um, and, and really God, we did it for sure. And when we got to see the other, you know the the weekend we were there, what five of the horses racing and Travers were uh, were were running that Friday and Saturday. So it was a it was a scouting trip for us as well. That that is right. Um, there, I thought about is, you know, look, I you and I both have sat in great seats at the Derby. We've been in the infield at the Derby. I've had really good seats at Keeneland. But I would tell anybody listening, for the common fan of horse racing, I, I can't imagine there's anywhere better to go than Saratoga. I just can't. Yeah. The vibe of just the, the common part. Did the, the picnic tables. And then we did, um, you know, we sat in the stands the second day. And, I mean, both days were. Yeah. Yeah, but two, but two kind of totally different experiences, you know, and uh, but but equally as fun, right? Sure. What do you yep. want to tell our listeners Good about stuff. if they if they, what if, what if our listeners want to know about our betting performances in Saratoga? How would you describe that? Well, I would say they got better on Saturday. Um, for Friday was, you know, I, I thought we handicapped okay. Like, I mean, I ended up, I had. I had eight horses I bet to win finish second finish second over two days. I mean that that's not poor handicapping. It was just just kind of missing the mark a bit. But it, it got better on Saturday. You know, we uh we, we held our own, so it was uh it was good. I'm I'm looking forward to going back the next time for so I think we even said it's the most fun I've ever had losing money in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. 
Well, any any other comments on on Saratoga? You know, I mean, it just the you know, apart from the track itself, the the town was great. You know, I mean, it was the it was it was super walkable and beautiful and gorgeous architecture and lots to do. You know, whether the track is open or not, it's uh, you know, I, I just I came away with uh, with a great impression of of the entire area. So you know, shout out to um to all the locals there and you know appreciate the uh welcoming nature and uh you know help, helping us have a good time for sure yeah i uh i think two things scott and i said man i wish i would have done this 20 years ago and i think i texted my wife a day in and said i want to retire in saratoga springs new york <laughs> i'm not sure i can afford the extracurricular activities <laughs> <laughs> but but it would be nice for sure so um, we star pick that Scott and I agree on right off the bat, and that five star pick is cornbread hemp. So uh, cornbread hemp is uh, full spectrum CBD. They continue to be a sponsor of the Early Speed Podcast. We really appreciate that. If you want to purchase something from Cornbread Hemp, use the code Early Speed to get a discount. And if one of our tips get you money the way you can repay us is to buy cornbread hemp with the early speed pot with early speed is your promotional code so there's our five-star picks guide and i know you agree with me absolutely so now we want to introduce uh our interview we had a fun time with saratoga slim and if you're interested in saratoga i would tell you to check out he, he does a video blog um several times he actually just dropped one so i would tell our listeners to to listen to him we had a good time with him so uh we'll get this right over to saratoga slim early speed podcast listeners we are super excited to have with us today mike saratoga slim specter Mike is an award-winning horse racing rider and a lifelong fan that visited Saratoga Racecourse with his father every summer growing up in New York. He moved to Saratoga in 2011. 2015, started writing for horse racing websites. He currently hosts the Saratoga Slim Backside, backside YouTube channel. Um, interviewing and, and Seriously, I'll tell the listeners to check it out. Some of the biggest names in horse racing. Saratoga Slim, welcome to the Early Speed Podcast. Jay and Scott, thanks so much for having me. Well, look, we'll start with a simple question. Tell us about how you got into horse racing. Yeah, as you said, every summer, went to Saratoga with my father growing up, and he always made me watch the Kentucky Derby every year, pick a horse back in 1987, I think is the first derby. I remember that Ali Sheba won, so just always watch all y'all out in there in Louisville. You know, <laughs> I'm a big derby guy, so you said I won an award, and that was for my Kentucky Derby pace thesis that I write for the Racing Dudes website. So in 2017, I, run a, I won an un- uh, online handicapping article award. So, yeah, I mean, it's just I love the derby. Always went to the Belmont Stakes when I became like a uh, 20 year old, bringing like big coolers of 80, 100 beers into Belmont Stakes. 
always trying to see triple crown every year. So then I moved up to Saratoga, as you said, and just been like, wow, I'm at the track. I better start following this. And I just want to make good bets. And now, like 11 years later, I'm actually doing pretty good at the track for once in my life. I'm doing good this year until until the Traverse Day. So we got to talk about how we're going to make some money on this Traverse Day. That's the key thing right now. That sounds great to us. So part of this show is we're going to talk about our trip to Saratoga. Um, and I'll be honest with you, we both fell in love with the place. Um, tell us about your experience at Saratoga and how you got your nickname Saratoga Slim. Man, I just, I just, I just love Saratoga, and that's where I want to build my dream house one day. There, and you know, I live like 15 minutes south of the track now, but I want to be like, you know, within walking distance. That would be my dream. But yeah, I mean, just always being up there. When I started the the Twitter handle back in 2015, when I was writing for websites, I just said, I got to come up with something that's catchy, and I'm really skinny. So if anyone ever sees me, they know I'm slim. So I've been called slim before. So I'm saying, well, if I'm living in Saratoga and people have called me slim before that, then I guess I got to do it. Well, I'll tell you what's funny. I uh, I texted my wife halfway through our trip and I said, uh, I want to retire in Saratoga. Um, But uh, we, we, we had an absolute blast. Yes. Yep, that's the dream. That's the dream. So you just got to keep on working hard to get there. <laughs> so, so coming off that trip, Mike, you know, we, you know, we were there for a couple of days. We kind of viewed the viewed the track, had a couple of different track experiences. Once, you know, kind of at the picnic tables by the paddock, then some clubhouse tickets. What's, uh, you know, what's your go-to kind of Saratoga experience? I'm everywhere. If you've yeah. ever gone to the track with me, those who've gone to the track, I do not stay in one place very easily. I'm just too crazy, and with uh, back in 2016, I got a press pass for the first time working for the dudes there. So, my nice. I got a route where you know, like on Saturday, those five grade ones in a row, I got a route where I just go straight from the paddock to the winter circle, paddock winter circle, and that's my route for a few hours straight. And boy, seeing those great horses in the paddock, and then seeing those celebrations in the winter circle, watching those races from the winter circle rail. Oh man. It's just uh, right at the finish line like that. And seeing those great horses come by you one at a time, you know, we're going to see Jackie's warrior and all the big, you know, great turfers channel maker and all the Chad Brown horses that he brings into the store dancer. And then you're going to see all those great Travers horses. And before that, Clarier and Malathot. And Latruska, the champions that you'll see. And then before that, Jack Christopher and all the other big-time Gunite grade one winners that you're going to see go up in that Jerkins. It's just an awesome day. So that's what I'm looking forward to on Saturday. Yeah, that's awesome. Should have, it looks like it's going to be great weather for it, too. So it should be, uh, should be a perfect yes. day. Yes, we're going to get some rain tonight into tomorrow, which will be perfect because that should all be dry for the racing on Wednesday. And then, yeah, great weather at the end of the week. It's going to be in the high 80s, so that should all be dried out. And it's just going to be fast and firm, you know. It's going to be important to watch the races earlier uh, this week coming into the weekend because it was so deep. It was so deep. The inside on the dirt especially was so deep earlier in the meet. And it's kind of sped up a little bit. So it's going to be very interesting to see if speed starts holding 
going into the big Travers Day where, you know, these tracks, they love to speed up those tracks to see those big times and see these horses go so fast. Yeah, so that was that was one of the things. You know, I mean, we, we talked. We had a blast while we were there. We've never had so much fun getting our ass handed to us at the racetrack. You know, in our lives, but uh, you know, we we were zigging when they were zagging, and you know, we kind of figured it out a little bit maybe on Saturday. But you know, what what's your advice in in terms of betting Saratoga? Like it, you know, it it seemed a bit like a different process to me. Yeah, for me. I've learned what my strengths are. And for me this summer, I have only bet when I've had a strong opinion and it's been, it's been good. Uh, and I won't say there at the beginning cause I went with my dad and my family the first open weekend. I started beating, beating, uh, betting those maiden claimers. I'm not good at those. And yeah. I know I follow the stakes races and I talk to the trainers usually about their stakes horses. So I learn a lot about them, you know, researching for the interviews. I watch all the replays so that I could come up with good questions to ask Steve Asmussen about, you know, Gunite. And that was a big horse that I really loved uh, in the Amsterdam. I got seven to one. And that was like, I just picked that spot. I'm like, I'm going to make sure I make it, you know, I pounded the exacta and I'm just going to like, when you got a strong opinion, you got to make them pay. And, it's taken me a long time to get to these realizations. I've lost a lot of summers at Saratoga and it, it, it takes time. And I'm not saying I'm going to win. I'm doing well this summer, but I, I, I've had some bad ones and I'm, I'm just trying to learn my way. And I think that's the, the key thing. Just bet in Saratoga is not betting every race is going to be over 400 something races. Pick your spots. Right. So do you, you know, kind of stick to your opinions and let that kind of decide your ticket strategy? Or do you have, you know, kind of a, a go-to wager that you prefer, whether it's, you know, exotics or multi-race wagers or whatever that may be? Yeah, I'm mostly a doubles player, pick three, exact win money, trifectas. That's usually what I go to. I screwed up. I mean, I tell you, you got to learn from your mistakes and Sunday, I had some strong opinions. Actually, Saturday, I had some strong opinions. I really liked Nast, obviously. You know, couldn't lose the free square. But when you have that strong opinion, you know, how do you build around it? And I really like Caravel in the race before that, coming off of a, a troubled trip to start the meet. And I said, oh, you know, I really should be pounding that double. But I got carried out of control. I started betting to pick five. I put too much money into pick five. <laughs> And I didn't bet enough on the double that I really loved. And, it, you know, it, I don't, I don't, once I get starting going into those pick fives, though, though, it's, it's, it's fool's gold and so tough. I went four out of five in the sequence and it's just so tough to put five races in together. But when you see those big payouts of $10,000 for the pick five, you're like, oh, I could have had that. It really, it could really screw up your mentality. So being, you know, Keeping, you know, you got to keep, I, I'm trying to find a word, <laughs> disciplined. Okay, that's the word. Sorry, it took me to, discipline is the key to everything when it comes to betting on horse racing. You know, I I talked about the, the people you've interviewed, and I'm not looking for you to give me something that's my said, but what have you learned? Because it's, and I'll tell our listeners to go to your to YouTube and look at a lot of the interviews because it's impressive who you've interviewed. 
is, is there something you take from those interviews specifically that help you handicapping that maybe you wouldn't have had? Yeah. I mean, I get to see the reactions a little bit when I asked them about some of the horses and it kind of played against because I asked Chad Brown about gerrymander and I thought gerrymander was going to run, run great in the Alabama. And I'm like, Oh, that should be a hard, that should be a, a exacted a pound nest over gerrymander and gerrymander ran like crap. And I had a feeling that that horse might hit the wall was only a one turn horse and hit the wall coming into stretch. And obviously secret Oath got second behind nest in that race, giving you a quick recap of the racing from, last week and so i try to read the i try to read the trainers but it's always trainer talk it's tough (laughs) it's tough to uh to know the trainer talk uh and what really matters but i like to talk about a little bit of the pace of the races a little bit more and i think the the trainers like to talk that about that about you know where their horse might be early in the race sometimes it just gives me the blank uh response oh i'll let the jockey uh tell us where you know where they want to be but sometimes they'll tell you where they if they think they they want their horse in the lead which is it was helpful when you're trying to put together the pace of a race yeah so that that was one of the things that i found difficult at saratoga and maybe maybe it was because of the depth of the track that the dirt track specifically on the inside that you mentioned but you know i feel like i do a pretty good job of understanding and and deciphering pace scenarios prior to the race but, you know, for, you know, for what I've watched Saratoga this meet and, and certainly when they were there, it seemed, I don't know if I'd say inconsistent, but, you know, you'd have a, you'd have a slow pace where the, the early pace didn't hold. You'd have a fast pace that it did hold. It was, uh, I don't know, I, I found it difficult to, yeah. to fi- find patterns and, and, and really have a strong opinion. Yeah, I think that's, if it's like that, I, I guess you, you'd say that the track is playing fair and. You know, every race has these different situations where you might have a strong pace setter that's the favorite and it just wires the field or you'll have a 30 to one shot set in the pace and that horse ain't going to get the distance. So, you know, it, it's tough. It's race to race. And I won't say that I'm the, the greatest at spotting biases, but, you know, I really like to use the Brisnet pace figures. When yep. I when I do my pace handicap and and on a big day I'll, I'll be looking at the the time form I'll, I'll buy the time form USA um, figure uh, sorry the the past performances and they have that pace projector that's pretty good so in, on days when I know I'm gonna have enough time to really spend a few hours you know not on each race but you know like I I, I might spend an hour. Or, or more on a race if I want to watch all the replays and I'm going to take a look at the the pace projector versus the Brisnet pace, see how fast they're going. It's good to be able to look at those different numbers sometimes instead of just looking at the ones in the, uh, in, in some of the PPs that you get. Sure. Yeah. We, we've learned, uh, listening to trainers at the Derby. It's like, listen to a college football coach before the season. They're never going to tell you they're, they're bad, right? They're, they're always going to say, Something, but I who yeah. knows what that something is. So yeah, it's, that, yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. The trainers, you know, they're gonna say the horse is doing great, you know, because obviously they don't want to make sure their own owners feel that way <laughs> too. So we actually looked up. You, it looks like you did the last six derbies we've seen. Uh, you, you set up kind of a pace scenario for those. 
And one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today was to talk about the Travers. Now, I do want to tell our listeners, we are doing this interview Monday night. So the, the post positions have not come out. We do know charge. It's not going to be in the Travers, but we are excited and, and want to hear what you think is going to happen in the Travers. Yeah, I mean, right now it looks like early voting is going to be the pace setter. You know, if you want to just start from a, a pace perspective, looking at the eight possible runners, as you said, tomorrow night they'll have the post position draw in downtown Saratoga. Early voting is supposed to go for Chad Brown, and obviously he set off the pace behind some cheap speed and won the Preakness. He obviously set this uh, set the pace in the Wood Memorial before getting chased down by Mo Donegal. So obviously a lot of backlash coming into this summer. And the Jim Dandy just didn't go well. Uh, I think I just saw a quote from Chad Brown that said, hey, he was coming into the race off for 10 weeks rest. He didn't really look like he wanted a race. He didn't look good in the paddock. And he ended up in last behind Epizenta and Zandon. And uh, Tony Port even beat him. So, I mean... Epicenter is and he has to beat these horses again here. I mean, early voting did hold off Epicenter in the Preakness after Epicenter got a tough break and he just wasn't able to chase him down. So Epicenter went by him easily in the jam dandy. So, you know, what will Epicenter do? Will he go to the lead or try to be sitting off early? Uh, sorry, set off. Will Epicenter sit off early voting early? In the race, that's one of the pace scenarios that may work out. Or as Epicenter did in the Jim Dandy, you guys were there. Very surprising that he would go to the back of the pack. I mean, it was a full horse race. So what kind of pace dynamics really are different between a four horse race? We're going to have an eight horse race here. So I don't think Epicenter is going to be the trailer in the Travers. Probably will be sitting in second, third or fourth. And I'm not sure who else. Who who do you guys think has some speed beside those two in the Travers? No, you know, I'll tell you what, the one horse that I was looking at um, that, that actually I saw that you've, you've touted a little is Arturius. And I know how good Arrogate ran at Saratoga. What are your thoughts there? Oh, I mean, that, I wasn't trying to jump to my pick already. <laughs> well, that's my pick. I mean, Artorias, I love this horse. Uh, I was there on curling day, and this was the horse that I was interested in seeing, and he did not let me down. When I was standing next to him in the paddock, it reminded me of the day when I sat stood next to Arrogate in the paddock before he won the Travers. Just the horse was puffed up. He's tall. He has that hind leg like arrogant when i stood next to arrogant in the travis arrogant was my pick in the travis that day and i wish i won more money that's when i was earlier in my betting and i loved arrogant i think i had twenty dollars a win on him and i i had a dollar fifty pick four i hit on, on arrogant i won i won pretty good but i'm like man nowadays i would have bet i broke with this horse because arrogant just was he was the guy coming in and baffert you know, came in with a 10 to one shot that year. And I just was very impressed with Artorias, the same type of physique, the same type of look in the paddock, just breathing fire. And he went out there and he made a t turn off the turn. I'm sorry. He made a move off the turn in the curl. And that was devastating, crushed the field. And if he does that here, I, I, I think, 
I think he's gonna have a big shot. He's the new shooter, really, and I would have not been that impressed by this, by this, uh, you know, by this uh, group of three-year-olds, really. I mean, Epicenter, he's nice, but he's choked twice in the Preakness and the Kentucky Derby. He looked great in the Jim Dandy, but those horses, early voting and Zandon, you know, they've kind of all just ran against each other for a while, and no way they kind of just all kind of beat each other. So it's not like anyone's really. I mean, Epicenter did do a lot better in the Jim Dandy, but, you know, Zandon almost was right there with him in the Kentucky Derby and early vote and beat him the Preakness. So they're, they're just kind of all stagnant. And this horse, Artorias, could be the one that could take that step forward. What's funny, I did not know that's who you were going to pick. The other thing I was going to ask you, of the 50 to 1, you know, the, the horses are going to be at long odds. Do, do you feel any of those horses have any shot at all? I mean, this is it's really tough because – we are friends with uh, Ain't Life Grand. Uh, I mean, as far as me, I, I don't, I've never met the Von Hamels, but the, the racing dudes are such good friends with, with Kelly and Kelby. And I'm going to go to the barn. That's going to be my next vlog is going to be with Ain't Life Grand for Kelly Von Hamel and, you know, the Iowa Derby winner, the Iowa bred. His course was closing like a damn rocket in the Iowa Derby and good went right by a good horse Conagher and man I just I don't know if the pace is going to be fast enough because as I said right now with really just early voting setting maybe a slow pace and if the track speeds up and speed starts holding a little bit more than it has earlier in the meet it's going to be tough for some of these closers I think Artorias will be able to sit close enough and take over if he has that big kick on the turn like he did in the curling and you know epicenter is going to be there too so i'm kind of like thinking that that's kind of my trifecta right now early voting holding on for like third and epicenter and artorius passing them and then yeah there's going to be someone that comes running for third or fourth and yeah i mean why not throw ain't life grand on how excited are you for travers weekend <sighs> the best they go nuts i mean this is like the one day that I really just cut loose at the track. And, uh, you know, I do a, I do a character named Barack Capper. So that's going to be fun. I, last year I lost a bat. So anyway, the story goes, we do a fantasy league, Triple Crown fantasy league with the dudes. I, I can't end up in last place. So what <laughs> the, the story is, is the guy who wins the league gets to dress the guy up in a crazy outfit usually at the Breeders' Cup, but I, I knew I wasn't going to Breeders' Cup last year, so I'm like, I'll just do it at the Travers. That's good enough. They're like, I'm like, 50,000 people at the track isn't good enough for you, right? I think more people go to the Travers than go to the Breeders' Cup, probably. So anyway, <laughs> so well, anyway, I dressed up as uh, Barat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm maybe doing some of that at uh, the Travers uh, this year, too. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Well, listen, Scott and I both want to extend to you if you're if you are in for the Derby, we we we, we want you to look us up. Uh, we will both be at Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup this year. Um, but right. I did want to give you a chance here at the end for our listeners just to to how they find you, how they can find your picks. Uh, where do they go? All right, I'm at Saratoga Slim on Twitter, so I put all of my vlogs the saratoga slim backside vlog all the links for that i'll, I'll probably be just putting videos up on my twitter feed of me 
talking to jockeys and trainers this week just to get it up there earlier so people could bring those quotes into their opinions. And, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, the Travers. I'm doing my top four picks for each stakes race will be in the Racing Dudes guide. So go to racingdudes.com, and there'll be information on the Travers guide where they do a full review full predictions, full ticket structures for all of the multi-race wagers. And, you know, they, they do all the picks. So I don't do picks, but I do picks for the big days. So I'll, I'll have some information in there and be telling, I'll be on some of the, the uh, racing dudes uh, live streams this week. So yeah, lots of, lots of stuff's happening with the racing dudes. Well, we also wanted to, you know, uh, uh, Scott and I, um, like people that uh invest in the horse racing community and one thing i saw is is you support um something called bestbackstretch.org um and actually scott and i went and and, and gave some money kind of on your behalf um to that organization i wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about that as well i did see that before i got on thanks so thanks so much guys for making a donation to best so best stands for backstretch employee services team so b-e-s-t so what they do this is the backstretch employee services team for all new york tracks belmont aqueduct and saratoga and the backstretch workers there's over two thousand of them working right now in saratoga and a lot of them they don't have health care they there's no there's no access for them and obviously with covid and people living so close together in this climate with Whatever's going on, <laughs> there's always something going on. Uh, health is becoming more and more of a of something we we need to make the backstretch sustainable. If we don't have a healthy backstretch, things are going to really fall apart in the game. So we take it for granted. But Best does an amazing job with not just healthcare, but also they do a Sunday night dinner every week to uh, provide for the backstretch workers because it's tough for them just you know back there to you know get out and, and get a, a nice dinner because it's 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 they're so busy taking care of the horses in 100 degree weather sometimes so yeah think about it best uh go to the website that <laughs> that you just said and uh right i'm doing is any anybody who donates 25 dollars and puts uh saratoga slim sent you in the note or just put my name in a note somewhere uh, you'll be entered in an end-of-the-year raffle. I'm trying to get some stuff. I got uh, Old Smoke is providing some T-shirts to raffle winners. I'm trying to get some others. Uh, Windstar Farm I'm talking to and some of the other farms uh, to try to donate some stuff. Hopefully, maybe they'll give me a Justify, uh, you know, uh, horseshoe or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to raffle off. That'll be good. <laughs> uh, it, let me tell you something. If Scott and I win an Old Smoke, shirt like it'll be a battle to fight it out to see who gets it that might be a, that might be something good uh, they're the best they're the best shirts but yeah man thanks a lot for having me guys hey thanks mike we, we really appreciate it. best of luck this weekend man hope you hope you crush it everyone check out saratoga slim on youtube and check out travers this weekend at saratoga thank you Hey, man, we really appreciate you. <laughs> that you was great, awesome. You did a great job, man. That was awesome. Oh, God. Yeah, it was all over the place, but it was awesome. I just I just started going off, so I'm no, sorry if I great, talked man. a little bit. <laughs>
Awesome, man. We, we lost Scott for a little bit, but I think we recovered yeah. okay. I don't yeah. know what happened there. You could go back in and edit that part out. There was like a few, it was yeah. a good 30 seconds there that was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll edit that out for sure. Nice. Um, nice, man. Awesome. But listen, awesome. I, I mean this, man. If you're ever up here, you reach out to us for sure. Because we, yes. I mean, we, we, I both, we both grew up right by Churchill. I don't know what the dude's got plans for me for Breeders' Cup. I'm going to start trying to do some actual uh, – I'm doing – I'm going to start doing picks for football. It's going to be crazy. Like, this um, has I... been my life – my life dream has been to actually do football picks. Um, and now that they – you know, my big thing has always been players, and, you know, fantasy players and player props and fit. I mean, this player prop stuff is so crazy that now it's – pretty much legalized everywhere so uh, i think ex- there's except here except, except the state really except yeah. the state oh my god and you'd like this we actually have to drive across the bridge into indiana to bet on our on apps and then we drive back oh my god it's oh ridiculous. my god it's ridiculous oh my so. god that's so crazy that's hilarious but well, yeah man. i mean i'm i'm gonna try to start off like a an NFL halftime show for Thursday night and like talk about the games and what picks I'm looking at picks and then maybe do a subscription. That's what so I'm trying to build it out. We'll see what happens. Well, good luck, man. Good luck with that. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people trying it, but you know, something focused on, I, I don't like betting the lines and stuff, but betting the player props is so much fun. It's like, yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens, man. All right, man. We really enjoyed having you on. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. You guys have a good night. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye. All right, listeners, we're back from our interview. I hope you enjoyed what with Saratoga Slim. Um, You know, one thing with uh, his video blogs. Well, say this to him. I cannot get it out of my head. I'm, I'm mad at him for that. This jingle is in my head. Um, but um, we're very glad he came on. It, it, it was fun, Tom. Um, Scott, we're going to tout a beer we do on our show. Um, I don't know if you have a beer today. Um, I'm a, do you have a beer that you want to tout today? Yeah, I've, I've been going with the little Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA recently. So okay. it's uh yeah it's red it's readily available but it's uh it's nice it's good I'm I'm enjoying it. Well, you're gonna love mine with the Saratoga Saratoga theme. Um, I packed in my suitcase on the way home a Fiddlehead IPA, and uh, it's a beer Scott and I really enjoyed when we were at Saratoga. So we want to give a shout out to Fiddlehead. I, I knew you were gonna pick Fiddlehead even before you said that. So there, there, okay. there's no question in my mind. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I came up with a new segment on the show, Scott. Uh, Scott developed a new nickname at Saratoga. Uh, on the first day we were there at the picnic tables, uh, there was a group of women behind us, and uh, we didn't really talk to them much, but at the end of the day, we kind of introduced ourselves, and we were, you know, I introduced myself, and we introduced somebody else, and then we're like, this is, and we were pointing to Scott, and this lady goes, you mean Statman? And I'm like, and Scott, you know, the way Scott digs into his racing forms, this lady is like, oh, yeah, he's a numbers guy. And I'm like, well, you kind of got that right. That's that's him. So on on this question for Statman segment, 
I came up with like four stats or what I think's interesting um, about the Travers, and you get to pick and tell me which one do you think's the most interesting. You down oh, with that? Yeah, this should be fun. All right. First thing is no jockey in this year's Travers has ever won the Travers. I saw that. Okay. Chad Brown has 30% of the horses in the Saratoga Stakes races this weekend, three of which are in the Travers. Yeah. Not this time. So this is number three. Not this time and Gunrunner sired half the field in the Travers. And interesting. Then, I did I did not notice that, but that's interesting. And I then noticed, I noticed Gunrunner. I did not notice not this time. And then of the trainers in for this year's Travers, only Brad Cox has won the Travers. And he won last year, obviously, with essential quality. So that leaves Scott Bill Mott. Chad Brown and Steve Asmussen, who are pretty famous trainers who have not won the Travers. So I thought that was interesting as well. Out of those, what, which one do you find the most interesting? Uh, probably the trainer set. I, I, you know, I read, a, what are they, like one for 32 combined or something like that? That, that number may not be exactly right, but I, I think it's pretty close. I think it's close. I think that's close. Yeah. Um, that's, that's surprising to me. You know, I mean – you know, between Brad and, and Chad, they're, you know, I don't want to say they're newcomers, but they're recently kind of newish on the scene, the last five to seven years or so. Um, you know, it, <laughs> what I immediately went to was, it shows the impact of not having Bob Baffert eligible for <laughs> for, for the Travers State, because I don't know how many Travers he's won, but I, I imagine it's quite a bit. Uh, but between Baffert and uh, you know, Pletcher doesn't have a horse this year, and um, you know, I as I, as I think about it, I guess I could come up with a with a rationale why, but uh, but yeah, I mean the you know between Brad Cox and Steve Asmussen and and Chad Brown, Bill Mott, I mean they're they're still you know legends and kind of leaders in in the sport, so uh, you know it. it It'll be good for, for them to, to win their first or for, or for Brad to win his second. So so let's get into our Travers discussion. And I, I tried to add a fifth stat, but I couldn't verify it. And this was my stat. I, I wonder, Scott, when the last time the Travers was won or, or run that you got the number, the first place, second place, third place horse in the Derby. I can't imagine it's happened a ton. Yeah. But rematch the top three horses at the Derby. Um you have what what is four horses that won their prep coming into this, um, three of which those preps were at Saratoga. So Epicenter, Cyberknife, and Arturius all won their preps at, at Saratoga. Um, Cyberknife was, was at Monmouth in the Haskell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, well, sorry, I, I, I wrote something down wrong, man. Sorry about that. Um, and then... Ain't, ain't life grand one is prep coming in as well. Um, yeah. you know, so what, what, I guess I'll start with you. What are your, what are your thoughts first on the race itself? Well, I, I think it's a, I think it's a strong field. I mean, to, to your point, you have the top three finishers from the Derby, um, you know, 
early voting, who's your who's your Preakness champ, Cyberknife, who won the Haskell, and you know Arturius, who's you know like you know Saratoga Slim. That that was his top pick, and you know, certainly you can see why. You know he he started his three year old season late, um, but you know has done nothing but run well and, and is a major contender in the race for sure. Um, so it's a you know it's a really solid field that lacks a lot of early speed. Um, that's the thing that jumps out to me. Um, you know, apart from early voting, there, there, there's nobody that, that wants to be even close or wants any part of the early lead, I would say. So, okay, can I, let me ask you about that. So do you think one of these horses that's going to be a little bit off the lead, um, do you think one of them chooses to go with early voting? Not to take the lead, you know, I mean, I, I, I think Epicenter um, and Arturius, you know, will likely be in a stalking position. You know, Zandon was kind of stalking in, in the Jim Dandy, but that was weird. You know, I mean, it was a four horse field and, you know, I, I'm not sure that that's where he wants to be. Um, Cyberknife has a little bit of flexibility. He, he could be in, you know, in a somewhat stalking position, but, but I don't think any of those three really – you know, really want to fight early voting for the lead, is my opinion. I, I agree with that. What's What's interesting to me is, you know, early voting maybe maybe better as a stalker. So he, he would he would probably rather somebody try to fight him for the lead, so he can he can sit just off the pace. I just don't think it's going to happen. Do you think that the, Do you worry a little about? early voting just getting out there and nobody getting getting to it well um early voting is my value pick of the race okay um so yeah i mean i not to just jump into the picks but um i mean i i think epicenter is is the best horse um he's been the most consistent i, I think he is certainly you know the most likely winner um but you know, early voting in the Jim Dandy, he he kind of made an easy lead. He really didn't have any excuses um, other than maybe how the track was playing that day. You know, it was super deep. He was coming off of a 10-week layoff. You know, what we saw, you know, not just the days we were at Saratoga, but watching throughout the entire meet is, you know, horses, horses re- have been reacting to the makeup of that track differently. You know, you've seen a lot of favorites just not run at all. Um you know, just because of and and you know the the reports and all the talk has has been that it's just the track has played really heavy and really deep uh, over the last couple of weeks. They they've added some clay to the surface to try to to try to firm it up a bit. Um, it's it's running different and playing different now than it did a month ago. Um, and you know, I mean, I I think that one. I think early voting will be forgotten by the betters because of the way he disappointed in the Jim Dandy. And, and I think he's got a, a real strong chance to get an easy early lead and, and just not let go. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, there's all, look, the, the first thing when I looked at this is, you know, lone speed in the race, like it's going to want the lead. Right. I mean, it's, it, and th- that performance, I it, look, if you're asking me, like, I'm going to go with consistency here. And I don't know if that's the right call. Um, I mean, 
Epicenter and Zandon really haven't run a bad race, right? I mean, for most all of their career. Um, you know, I, do you think you look back at early voting and what, what happened with it in that race be, coming forth and do you just kind of write that off? I do. I do. Okay. Um, and and I, I'm, I'm taking it as an opportunity to bet him back at, at much better odds. Okay. Because I mean, he's, you know, he's what, uh, eight to one in the morning line. Likely that'll swell up to 10, 11, 12 to one. He's a much better horse than that. And, um, you know, I, you know, if you talk about what's fair odds on him, I, I think the, you know, kind of recency bias there is, is ballooning his odds up. Um, yeah, I'm not making excuses for him in the last race. I don't think he really had any excuses, but I, I just think he'll put in a better performance this weekend. Well, let me ask you about some of the long shots. So, yep. um, you know, w- we know the nickname for Saratoga is the graveyard of champions. So I'll start with rich strike. And I really like when I look at this, horse, I don't know what to do with it, to be quite honest with you. Um, you look at his dad, Keen Ice, that famously beat American Pharaoh at the Travers. Yeah. Is there any scenario scenario you, you like this horse? Well, what, what I don't like about all the long shots is that they're all deep closers. And I, I just don't think that there's going to be a pace scenario that allows them to kind of unleash that upset bit. Um, you know, I, I, I think, I think rich strike, he always trains well. Like you look at his works and his works are always good. Um, I'm not sure what happened to him in the Belmont. I, you know, I could be willing to, to forgive him for that and kind of throw that out and, you know, include him on the bottom of tickets. I'm just not sure that the, the pace is going to give him much of a chance to kind of surprise that upset or spring, spring that upset, I should say. Did you see the story about Sonny Leone uh, for the day of the Travers? No, I didn't. So he's going to be at another track. This is the only race he's racing in. And they said they're worried he may have issues. They're like, if his flight gets postponed at all. So that'll be funny to watch. Uh, he's going to, Sonny Leone's going to be rolling in hot to the Travers. So remember I, <laughs> I said that. Um, so our, our, Hear what you gotta say. Um, our guy Saratoga Slim just picked Arturius. Um, impressive performance, but it only had what three races, um, lightly raced coming in. Um, but his sire, Arrogate, uh, I mean, that performance Arrogate had at the Travers when I mean, I think is this right? Arrogate beat Gunrunner that year handily at the Travers, he did and went on to win the classic after that. Right. What are your thoughts with Arturius? Well, it, kind of the opposite opinion that I have of early voting. You know, I, you know, I, as I mentioned, kind of at the the opening of the segment, I, I think he's an improving horse. He's really interesting, and in, you know, of the horses I'm going to leave off my ticket, he's the one that scares me the most. Um, but I think he's going to be overbet. You know, I, I think his performance in the Curlin Stakes. You know, especially, you know, there at Saratoga, he, you know, he's nine to two in the morning line. He's got, you know, he, he's got early or he's got lower morning line odds than Zandon. And the competition he's going to be facing on Saturday is just head and shoulders above what he faced in, in the Curlin Stakes. And, 
you know, he, he's got to step up. He's got to continue that progression in a meaningful way to even compete. And at nine to two, I just, I just don't see the value to, to take that chance. Not saying he can't win. He's, he's one that scares me the most, but as I'm looking to, to formulate my ticket, he's, he's one I'll leave out. And uh, that's funny. I think it's the hard thing about this race is there's, I mean, I could see six of these horses winning and I'm like, yeah, well, whatever, you know, I, I mean, I I think that part's tough. And I go back to what I said earlier. I mean, I I trust epicenter and Zandon are going to run. I don't know if they're going to win, but I trust those horses. Just looking at who he's gone up against. Um, So I, I don't know that that may be the horse that burns me, but I think I'm leaving it out. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, and, and epicenter has been, has been the most consistent by far. I mean, he, I mean, he really has not run a bad race all year long. I mean, he's, he's what you, he's three of six winning this year. Um, and his three losses have been by a, you know, a head three quarters of a length and a length and a quarter, you know, and, and arguably had, you know, at least some reasonable excuses in, in each of the losses. So it, you know, if, if, if I was, if I was picking, you know, one horse out of a pool, uh, I'd want it to be epicenter, but, uh, you know, putting a, putting a pair of mutual wager on, I, I think there's, I think there's more value for early voting. Any thoughts on any of these horses? Skippy long stocking, ain't life grand gilded age. No. Um, you know, I mean, they're, you know, I mean, I think all of the late runners, you know, specifically Gilded Age and Rich Strike, you know, I, I think they will be running late. So, you know, uh, I will I will include them on on the bottom sides of some of my tickets. You know, I, th- I think they have a shot for third. I, th- I think I think getting third is, um, you know, probably the ceiling for them. Um, Cyber Knife is, is one that I'm struggling with a bit. Um he ran really well in the Haskell, um, you know, career best speed rating. I, I don't think he's going to run back to that number. Um, I, I think he's going to disappoint, you know, um, you know, after early voting and, you know, epicenter, you know, I, I think, you know, I think Zandon will, will run his race. I, I don't think it'll be good enough to win, um, but, but I'll certainly include him in, in the exotics. Yeah, I'm gonna. So I'll tell. I'm gonna go with an exacto with just epicenter and Zandon, um, and on the bottom I will put early voting. I will put ain't life grand on the bottom of some of my exotics. I, I you know, it, that horse has been improving with its speed figures. Uh, we're really in agreement on Cyberknife. I, I, I think that's the one that disappoints. It is the only one with two grade ones. Uh, you know, and it, it's weird looking at Epicenter not having a grade one victory. Um, so um, it's, it, it's it is, but you know, I mean, that the Haskell was a grade one, and the Jim Dandy was a grade two. But you know, the horses that Epicenter beat in the Jim Dandy were were better than the horses that Cybernife beat in the Haskell. You know, I mean, you have you know Jack Christopher that's running back in a seven furlong sprint. Obviously, didn't want the distance. You know, Tava was probably that was the second best horse in that race. Who's a who's a great three year old, and you know another improving sort. But but I wouldn't put him anywhere near the class of of Zandon or early voting. So you know the the 
the grade one, grade two, I think can be a bit misleading, but, um, but, uh, you know, I, I think, I think cyber and I really performed well at, at Monmouth and, and we'll be, we'll be over back because of that effort. The other thing I was going to ask you, but you know, the, the, the extra distance that the Haskell is going to be, that's a concern for, um, and it, it would be a concern for me with Cyberknife as well. Um, what are your thoughts on the, the, the going a little bit further? I, I'm not as concerned with the distance. Um, you know, I mean, specifically because I, I think he'll be able to set such a moderate pace that he can get into a cruising gear and, and really save a, save a lot of that energy on the backstretch. Um, you know, it's uh, it'll, you know, it'll be longer than, than he's ever run because he, he didn't run in the Derby. Uh, but, he, I mean, he won the Preakness at a mile and three sixteenths. You know, it's, it's, it's only another half furlong further. So, uh, uh, I, I think he's got it within him for sure. All right. So, if we go back, your picks, give what – give how, how are you going to put so your bet together? I'll, I'll bet early boating to win um, and exactly with early boating and epicenter. And then I'll put those two on top with Zandon, Gilded Age, and Rich Strike at the bottom. So I said earlier, I'm going to do a, uh, exactly with Epicenter and Zandon. Then I'll do a trifecta with those two on top with Early Voting, Arturius, Ain't Life Grand, Rich Strike, and the three hole. All right. Well, hopefully, hopefully one of us catches it big. So, um, well, Scott. I had a good time at Saratoga. Uh, I hope our listeners, if they haven't been, they will go check it out. Um, any closing thoughts for, you know, I, I will say something funny. We, uh, Scott was in charge of our pick fours and he got so frustrated. He wouldn't do it. And he refused to put pick fours together. And then I tried to start several show pulls and Scott, our show pull didn't work real well. Yeah, so just just for clarity, my frustration wasn't with being able to pick winners. My frustration was with the attention span of you knuckleheads. So uh, that that was the frustrating part. But that's okay. That's why I'm stat man, I suppose. So and and also, hey, I ran into the Prez. I ran into Dave Portnoy. Got a selfie with him. So it was just an epic weekend. Um, and I, I did send Scott a text this week. The uh, and I think he liked it that the. Uh, the the post draw was at Druthers a Brewery. There we spent some time at, so we thought that was kind of cool too. It was, and you know, I've I've always enjoyed the you know Traverse Stakes, and you know, it's been something that you know I make it a point to to handicap and bat. But it, I'll have a different perspective this year, no doubt about that. So, always, Scott, any closing? Any other closing thoughts for you? Well, I'll, I'll leave it to you to close it out, Jay. Well, go with your gut. Be responsible, cash and tickets, Scott. That's what it's all about. That's right. Good luck, everybody.